I just want to look up some things on the embassy. And one of the things that, 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 that I found on, on what an embassy is, is this, an embassy is the diplomatic representation of a country's government in another country. Listen to this. It transmits messages of its home government to the government of the host country and vice versa. So an embassy translates or transmits messages of their country to the host country. From their country, from the kingdom of heaven to here on earth. That's what we, our responsibility is as an ambassador. To hear from heaven and to transmit that to earth. To encounter heaven and bring that encounter here to earth. It's never, we are never, we are the recipients, but it's never supposed to end with us. It's never supposed to just stay here. We're supposed to be a bridge to those that don't know Jesus. And even to those that do know Jesus and need an encounter with our, with our, with heaven. And I, and I, and I came upon the scripture, which is the same scripture that Pastor Chris used, which is 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That word reconciliation, it's not about us. I mean, it is about us because we are his children, but it's not all about us. It's about people knowing who he is. And our responsibility as ambassadors is to hear from God and to encounter God and to be with God and then to come back from the mountain and say, listen, I know a God that lives and that he's done this and that for me and he can do the same for you. I know the God that gave me hope when I was hopeless. I know a God that gave me freedom when I was in chains and, and, and present that God to the people that need him most. But something caught my attention in this passage and it was the beginning because if we're going to transmit something, I think that this is, is important. It says this. We are a new creation. We are a new creation. The other day, or maybe like about a month and a half ago, we bought a car like two and a half years ago. And, and we've run that car a lot. And all of a sudden, I turned on the car one day and the AC just began to throw out hot air. Now, there's a few things that are essential in our life with Jesus. You know, the word, his presence, and AC if you live in Miami. Because it's hot. And you're not going to get in, man? It's hot, man. And if you're like me, like I'm sweating, these lights are just, you know, just drenched. You know, I sweat like crazy. And then my, kid, my son is just like me. So he just, he sweats like crazy. You know, my son goes and plays outside, and it looked like he jumped in the pool. I'm like, where did you go? I know we don't have a pool in the back. What happened to you? He's like, Daddy, I'm just sweating. And the thing is that I, I, I took it to the shop, and the guy tells me, listen, the problem is, uh, I think it's the compressor. And uh, the compressor is not a cheap thing to, to buy. It's expensive, and it's about six, 700 
You know what I'm saying? So I went there and I'm like, oh man. So he gives me this option. He's like, hey, check this out. Which option do you want? Because there's several things that we can do. One, I can do, and this is his words. I know this is the English service, but he said this. I can do Mikim Bing. You know? That's exactly what he said. I can do Mikim Bing or I can, or I can fix it and give you a brand new compressor. And I'm like, listen, Mikim Bing, I'm going to come back here in like two months if I do Mikim Bing. So just let me get, let me get the new, I don't know how you translate, Mikim Bim. I don't know how you translate in English, but, um, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? What's, I mean, besides it being new, what's the difference? He's like, well, the difference is that obviously the new, the new compressor is going to be pricier. And second is that you're going to have a, a warranty. I was like, oh, warranty. So a warranty is, you know, what, what they give you for the, for the, for the item that you're purchasing, you know, for a specific period of time that if that item breaks, it, it needs to be repaired or, or get, or get you a new one. In that period of time, you'll be able to do that without any cost. It's kind of like the person that's giving you the product is saying, I'm putting my name behind the product that I just gave you. Yes? They're saying, I believe in the product that you, I believe in it so much that I'm going to give you a warranty just in case it breaks, but I know it's not going to break. So I got to thinking. The Bible says that we were made a new creation. That we were made completely new. And the thing is, that we have a lifetime warranty. Because the God that made us new doesn't know how to fail. The God that made us new is not going to be like, whoops, I made a mistake because there is no mistake in you. The Bible says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You are perfectly made in his likeness and his, in his image. So everything that you have, you know, somehow, some way is linked to who he is. The Bible says that he wove it together in your mother's womb in secret. Nobody was there. It's just you and him. He, he just put you together. Everything that you are and everything that you have right now, he made it. And it's a lifetime warranty. Meaning anytime you feel like this new, this, this new you, you're not, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to work it. You don't know how to live with this new you. You can go back to the shop and say, excuse me. I have a lifetime warranty. I don't know how this works. Can you help me? See, because sometimes we end up in our traditions and the things that we bring from the flesh and from, the, from back in the day from, from mom and dad and grandpa and abuela and all those people from our friends. And we bring that here into the kingdom of God and we think that by walking like that, we can have success in the kingdom of heaven. So we can go to him freely and say, Daddy, listen, I didn't even pay for this. You paid for it. Because at the end of the day, the one that paid that price that's higher it wasn't you, it was him on that cross. Since you paid the price and you made me new, I come back to you. Today, and I don't know who I'm talking to, to maybe your first step today in being an ambassador or walking in as an ambassador saying, I just got to come back to the shop. I just got to come back to you because I don't know. Some things are not functioning the way they're supposed to function. Some things are not, they're not walking the way they're supposed to be working. And I need to go back to the one I created me new. And that's okay. You got a lifetime warranty. I've been to the shops many times. I'm probably going to, I know for a fact I'm going to be there many more times as well. So I want to give you hope. Ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. That you don't need to be perfect. That in your contract, in your warranty, it says you can go whenever you want, at whatever time, to the man who created you new and say, Lord, help me, please. 
I will boast in my weakness, Lord, so that you would be glorified. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in saying I need help. Man, sometimes the, it should be the opposite. Sometimes this church is hard to admit your faults when it's supposed to be the easiest place to say, hey, I'm sick. That's like going to the hospital and saying, man, I don't know. I feel bad because I'm, I'm, I'm sick. Everybody in the hospital is sick. You guys hearing? I pray that the Holy Spirit is allowing this to settle in your heart. Found something else on the embassy, and this kind of caught my attention. Embassy grounds are the territory of the nation who owns the embassy. It doesn't matter what country the embassy is located in. The embassy grounds are the territory of the country owning the embassy. Only their laws have effect. Hmm. Only their laws have effect. And I'm going to talk to you about three things today. I'm going to talk to you about perseverance. I'm going to talk to you about what we proclaim. Yes? Perseverance. Excuse me. Our proclamation is super important. Because if we do not know what we're saying, if we do not know what we're, what we're, what we're proclaiming, what's coming out of our mouth, then guess what? We're going to build something that we didn't want to build. So perseverance and pressing on, proclaiming and protect. Three Ps. Perseverance or pressing on, your proclamation and protect. Those three things. And I want you guys to come with me to First Peter verses, I mean chapter 1, verse 3 to 7. And this is what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Some of you guys must be like, Man, Pastor, I don't understand anything you said. We're going to talk about perseverance. I want you guys to, f- to focus on what it is, you know, where it says incorruptible. We have an inheritance that is incorruptible, is undefiled, and that does not fade away. And not only that, it's reserved for you in heaven. <laughs> when you have reservations, things are different. You know, when you try to walk up in the restaurant, how many of you guys are trying to walk up in a, in a, in a nice restaurant or a restaurant on Mother's Day without reservations. Have anybody done that before? You probably did that once or twice and never did that again, right? You walk in there and you're like, Jesus, what is going on here? And you go up and listen, how, how long is the wait? Well, the wait is three and a half hours. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go eat uh, at, uh, I don't know, Fritanga Morning Bowl because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not staying here. <laughs> it's too much time. But when you walk in, in, in there with a the reservation, there's a confidence in you. 
Something changes when you walk in the restaurant. You walk by those people that don't have reservations. You're like, <laughs> oh, rookie. You know what I'm saying? You're, like, you're looking at them like, that's right, brother. I got reservations. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Something changes. You go and you go, listen, uh, Max Percy, uh, party of two. Go right this way, sir. Your table's ready. And I, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can feel the eyes of all those people staring at the back of your head, you know, like, oh, I hate you. Oh. And you're like, that's right, you, you, you strut, and you're know, like, yeah, table of two for Mr. Percy. There's an inheritance reserved for you and for me. And it's not a table for two. It's a table at the Father's table. It's a seat at the Father's table. It's not a table in Cheesecake Factory or any other restaurant or Texas or Brazil. It's, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a seat at the, at the Father's table. And everything that is there is incorruptible and it will never fade away. That's what the Bible says. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine eating at Texas Brazil and the food never fading away? How many steak lovers do we got in the house? Steak lovers? Come on now. You know? I remember I went to go eat a, a pastor. Me and my wife went to eat a pastor. They were in Elisa's house and they made this steak. Oh my gosh. She gives me the goosebumps just thinking about it, you know? Man, and the Bible says that everything that's the inheritance in this, and, 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 and what I mean sitting at the table with the Father, it's not just food, man. It's everything that God has promised you. And it's reserved there for you and it's never going to fade away. And why am I telling you this? Because sometimes when we're walking in this world, that verse says that we have some trials and tribulations coming our way. Because the Bible says that we will have conflict. Yes? In this world. So when those conflicts come our way, we tend to focus on the problem instead of the promise. We tend to, 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 problem, to stare, to stare at the, the problem in the face instead of looking at an inheritance which cannot fade away. The problem will fade, but your inheritance won't. But sometimes we put our eyes on the temporary things and we forget about the eternal. And the thing is that your body is, is temporary, but your spirit is eternal. We need to be encouraged. Um, men, have you, have you, how many sports guys do you have? You like sports, whether it's soccer, basketball, baseball, football, cricket, I don't know, <laughs> ping pong, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Men, yes, here, my men like sports, women, and there's women that like sports too, okay. Don't try talking to a man when he's trying to watch like a heat game. Women? How many wives have tried to do that? Anybody here? How, women, have you tried to do How much, what's your success rate? Success rate? Very little, right? Because they're so focused on the game that they cannot hear anything you're saying. And even though you are more real, you are closer than what's happening in that box, they do not pay attention because their, their attention is completely focused on what's happening on, in that, in that, that 32 inch, 52 inch, 62, if you have bigger than 62, let me know because I'll, I'll go watch the Dolphins game at your house. You know what I'm saying? But your eyes are focused and they don't, they don't hear. And you can be like, I don't know what you call them, baby, mi amor, mi amorcito, and nothing. Their attention is completely focused on the game. 
And that's exactly what we got to do when crisis comes. You got to just put all your attention on the promise. Maybe you're looking at us through this camera right now. And maybe you've been going through trials and tribulation or maybe you're here. I want to tell you something. Get your eyes off the problem and put them on the promise that doesn't fade. And I guarantee you all the noise of that problem will begin to fade away as you begin to put all your attention on the promise and the promise keeper. Because the problem is, or the the truth is, that the promise is not just floating in the air. The promise is at the hand of the promise keeper. So as you begin to focus on the promise, you can't help but to focus on the promise keeper. And all of a sudden, even though those problems are very real, they begin to disappear. And now the financial stress is not that much. Because your promise is that he's a provider. And now that the disease that you've been dealing with, or that cold, or that fever, or that, or that, or that pain that you've been feeling, it kind of fades away because he's, he's the healer. You see? If we're going to be ambassadors of God, ambassadors of heaven, our rules need to be lined up to the rules and the, and the truths of heaven, not to the truths of, of earth. A doctor once told my wife that she had cancer in her body. But the truth of heaven said that she was healed. And when the truth of heaven came against the truth of medicine, who do you think won? He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. And if we begin to align our heart to the truths of heaven, we will not be swayed back and forth by the things that happen on this earth. When you focus on the promise, you know what stirs in your heart? Hope. Hope. Yes? You know what hope is? The Bible says hope is the anchor to our faith. Now, I am not, uh, I don't, I don't navigate boats. I, to be honest, I've been on a boat like that, you know, fishing and stuff once and I was kind of feeling a little queasy. Um, and I think, and that's that I'm sure. They say if you're shorter, you don't feel the sway too much, but, you know, that, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was, man, it was, it was bad. But you know what happens when you throw that anchor down? Waves begin to hit the boat, but it does not move. You might get some water in the boat. You might get a little seasick. You might get tossed around for a little bit, but you are immovable. Because you are anchored. You are anchored in hope. And when you are anchored in hope, this world will hit you right, left, bottom, up, toss you around, and you are immovable. And the Bible says that his kingdom is unshakable and immovable. And if you are an ambassador of that kingdom, then you are unshakable and immovable. Hope. But we got to keep our eyes on the promise. Amen? Right. Let's go to Proverbs uh, 18, verse 21. So pressing on perseverance as we set our eyes on the promise. There's a lot of P's. That wasn't intentional, but okay. Proclaim. Proverbs 18, 21. This is what it says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Man, us Hispanics, our tongue... Come on now, how many guys have you know, 
married couples, you know, your tongue, woo, when you get heated, and you just, you, you want to hold it, you want to hold it, can I get an amen? Ethan, why are you saying amen? You ain't married, man. Man of faith right there. I just mess it. It says that there's life and death. Listen, there's no middle ground. If you're not speaking life, there's no life, so-so life, so-so death, death. It's either life or it's death. Sometimes the Bible can be a little, ah, we need to watch what we say. Because we build or destroy with what we say. And sometimes what we say can set a fire ablaze that is hard to stop. You know when somebody kind of is struggling with something? How many guys have struggled or have or know somebody that struggled? Raise your hand. Yes? Everybody in this room should raise their hand. If not, you know, you need to counsel me after this service is over. Sometimes we 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 uh we say a word to someone that's struggling, that someone that's dry, someone that's withering because they're going through a situation, and that and that word that you say to them can start a fire, a brush fire that is crazy to put out. We know about brush fires here in Florida, yes? You know, in the Everglades and towards like you know, chrome, past chrome, all of a sudden you see this big cloud of smoke, and everywhere around you it smells like smoke. It's because somebody threw maybe a little cigarette. How big is a cigarette? After being almost put out. Like that big? Well, that little cigarette started a fire of I don't know how many acres. That's exactly how our tongue is. Now, are you destroying people with your tongue? Or are you building people with your tongue? Are you destroying your children with your tongue? Or are you building your children with your tongue? Are you destroying yourself with what you say? Or are you building yourself with what you say? Some of us don't have the opportunities that we want because we keep, we keep killing opportunities with what we say. We ask the Lord, Lord, do this. The Lord begins to, 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 to answer your prayer. And then you begin to speak negativity. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to get another job. Ah, this boss. Ah, there used to be an a old, old school song from Master P. It was in I'm a youth pastor, so, so, I, so some of my references are not like, you know, Billy Idol and whoever it is that you guys listen to or Joy Arroyo. Oh, no, this is English service. Uh, whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be, stop complaining, man. So complaining, have you ever been around people that complain? You're not, allowed, you're not around them long, right? You want to leave. You're like, I'm out. You're, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, okay. You're just trying to finish the conversation because you want to get out of there. That's what the Bible says. Your tongue, there's life and there's death. Stop giving God thanks for your job because you're not living on the streets begging for money. Thank you that you have two legs, two arms, two hands, two feet, that you can go and work, you can lift boxes. Thank God that you're able to, to provide for your family. Begin to thank God for that person, that neighbor that annoys you so much. Bless him. Kingdom principles and kingdom rules. You have to live by what the kingdom says. If not, you're not going to be able to establish the embassy anywhere. How are you going to, how are you going to 
be the embassy of the heaven looking like an embassy on here on earth. There's no difference. If there's an embassy of the United States in Israel and or in in Germany or wherever there is be, there's a difference between what's happening outside that territory and what's happening inside that territory. There needs to be a difference between what we live and what we do and what we say to the, to what the people outside that don't know Jesus say and do. If there's no difference, then we need to go back to the workshop and say, Father, there's something going on in my heart. I need you to do something, please. Perseverance and pressing on. Proclamation. <clears throat> And I'm going to move on to the next one. It says this, For surely I say to you, Mark 11, 23, I'm sorry. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Hmm. I said to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Look what it says here. And does not doubt in his heart. It's not just words. It's a heart that believes God. It's not just, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, how are you doing in victory, my brother? And you think like all of a sudden because you say it, you know, and you know. You puff out your chest. I'm in victory. Oh, no, no, no. It's your words that are attached to your heart. It's not repetition and religious phrases that we're so good at, at Christianese. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what, what language? Oh, no, I speak Christianese. Oh, you know? It's more than words. It's a word that's attached to a heart that believes God. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs... 4, 23 says, above, else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. It doesn't say guard your reputation. It doesn't say guard your image. It says guard your heart. It doesn't say guard everything that people can see. It says guard that one thing that people can't see. Because some things, no, it doesn't say some things. Many things. No, it doesn't say many things. It says everything. Everything flows from the heart of a man. And we're all so quick to fix the exterior. Oh, I'm going on the keto diet. I'm going to do intermittent fasting. Um, thank God that we're fasting because I always lose weight when we fast with the church. You know? You're never in better shape than when we do the fast here at church. You guys are like, pray, Lord, faster? Why don't, we, why don't we fast three or four times a year? You know what I'm saying? If that's you, I'm just, I'm just messing around. Out of the heart, everything flows. Out of the heart, everything flows, including your words. 
Our words and our behavior speaks of where our heart is. We have become behavior modificators. But the change of your behavior doesn't necessarily change our hearts. However, the change of our hearts will always change our behavior. I'm going to say that again. The change of your behavior doesn't necessarily change our hearts. However, the change of our hearts will always change our behavior. If we spent more time asking God to deal with our hearts, believing him, protecting our hearts and saying, Father, I'm going to guard my heart, not only from what's coming from without, but I'm going to guard it from what's coming from within. You know the intentions? Because everybody sees the actions and everybody apologizes for the actions, but nobody ever apologizes for the intentions. And what God looks is at the heart. He's looking at your heart. And sometimes we let our intentions just fly away and just settle in here and just do whatever they want in our hearts. And that's what's really eating us up. It's not our actions, it's our intentions. And if we would say, Lord, I want to guard my heart. So in guarding my heart, I need you to do something. I got to, you go back to the shop and you say, Lord, search my heart. Oh, God. Oh, man. Have we spent more time in his presence? Saying, search my heart, oh God, how different would life be? You think there would be judgment flying around? Oh, look at Sister Annie in the front of the, you know, why is she sitting in the front? She's not a pastor. Sister Annie, you need to come back here with me. Or, or you saw Pastor Chris's outfit, you know, you know, he looks fresh, but he should be wearing a tie. Thank God for Pastor Chris, the revelation of the Holy Spirit and Pastor Chris that we don't have to wear suits anymore. I had like three suits, bro, and rotating those things were hard, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the rotation of three suits is just a hard thing to do. Persevere. Band can come up. Persevere and press on. Persevere and press on. Because if you do not persevere, if you do not press on, you will miss out on the blessing. Focus on the promise. Focus on the promise and not the problem. Proclaim the truths of God. Walk by faith and not by sight. And protect and guard your heart. Because from your heart, everything flows. I always forget to bring my towel. You guys let me know if I have like chunks of tissue on my face, okay? When I first came to the feet of God, to Christ's feet, I remember like this crazy desire to pursue him above all else. Just, just this thing in me that it was just like, ah, like it doesn't matter where I went, 
But what I did, it was just I would go home and I would like want to worship and I would go to school and I couldn't wait to get home to read my Bible and worship. And I would wake up early in the morning to worship. Now, you know, for a teenager to wake up early, you know, before he goes to school, how many of us have been teenagers? Some of us has been a while, you know, since you've been a teenager. I'm not going to look anywhere. I'm just going to look to the back of the room. Jimmy, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's so hard for a teenager to wake up early, especially to go pray. I think, uh, I think almost every, almost every teenager that prays in the morning, you know, has like the same, the same like, you know, prayer stance. It's like when you used to fall asleep in school, remember? Yeah? I remember I would fall asleep like this. And I had, I had like a, like a plan set up, like I, cause I drew a little bit. So I would go like this. And on the way up, they would say, Max, you're sleeping? I'd be like, yes. And wipe my drool. Cause I saw a kid one time wake up. Um, you guys know that song from uh, TLC? Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes. Martha's the only one that sings with me. Martha, girl, right here. Milton only knows one song from the, from that era. I'm not gonna tell you which one, but he knows one song. Man, I don't know about you. But after reading David Platt, I can't just be, I don't even know if this exists. I'm just going to say it to make a point, an ordinary Christian. There shouldn't be any ordinary Christian. Every one of us here are extraordinarily, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of our Father. Ambassadors of Jesus. Ambassadors of heaven. Just close your eyes and stand to your feet. Just close your eyes and stand to your feet. Just have a moment there with Holy Spirit. And just begin to to ask him, speak to me. Hey, he's not going to stay quiet. Just tell him, speak to me. Close your eyes. Don't look at me. Just close your eyes. And say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, of your kingdom, God. When you were here, you said the kingdom of God is near. And now your kingdom is here, Lord. Represented in each and every one of us as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. I desire to transmit every message of heaven to earth. That everything that's in your heart, Father God, I want to be able to to relay it to every person that I encounter. I want the people in my job, the people in my house, the people in my neighborhood, the people in my sports team. To know you. Help me Holy Spirit. And maybe you say today. Man. I haven't been persevering. Because my eyes have been on the problem. I haven't been persevering. Because there's been crisis in my life. 
And maybe you faded your, your, your sight away from the promise and from the promise keeper. And today you say, Father God, here I am. Forgive me for, for making my problem bigger than you. But today I set my eyes on you once again. And let my heart rest in, my, in your hands, Father. Or maybe you're the second group. That your mouth has gotten to you into a lot of problems in your marriage, in your family, at work. And you keep destroying instead of building. You keep bringing death instead of life with your words. And you say, Father, today, I wanna, I wanna give you my, my words, my tongue. I wanna be a life giver wherever, everywhere I go. I wanna build your kingdom everywhere I go and everywhere I'm at. Or maybe you're in that third group that has not guarded your heart. I was speaking to my wife the other day, like maybe two days ago, and I told her, I, I, I put my guard down and I let my heart get bombarded by thoughts. And I ended up dealing with depression for months because of all the things I let inside my heart. And maybe you're that person today. And you say, you know what? I put my guard down and my, my heart is infected with anger and bitterness and fear. And today, I want to give my heart back to you, Jesus. And you want to pick up your shield and stand guard and hold on to truth. If you're in any of those groups, we would like to pray for you. If the prayer team and the ministry team can come here to the front. And, the, and I, if you're in one of those groups, do not be shy. Do not hesitate. Come to the front and receive prayer. As we sing this, go ahead. Do not be shy. I just declare that there's an open heaven where you're at. You have access to the Father. And I'm declaring that he receives you with an embrace today. And today a new beginning starts for you. Just lift up your hands where you're at. I just want to pray for you. Then we'll close. Father, we thank you. We thank you, my God. That you are good and you are faithful. We thank, we thank you that we can run into your arms, Father. We thank you, my God, that even though our sight has gone from you to the problem, today we can set our eyes on you again. We thank you, Father God, that if we've spoken things that we haven't, that they shouldn't have spoken, if we have destroyed instead of build, if we have spoken death instead of life, today, my God, we commit and we make a path to speak life, Father God. And if we haven't guarded our hearts, if our hearts have been filled with bitterness and anger and, and deceitfulness, today, Father God, we surrender your, our hearts at your feet. And we ask, my God, that heaven will come. That as ambassadors of you and your kingdom, Lord, we will represent you well, Father God. And that wherever we go, my God, your kingdom goes with us, Father God. I thank you, Father God. I declare, my God, ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven standing before me today. Men and women that will go to the ends of the earth to establish your truth. To take your life and hope and joy and love where they need it most, Father God. I bless every single family that is here.
in the name of Jesus. And maybe you're here for the first time. And you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to Christ and said, Lord Jesus, I want to give you my life. I recognize that I need you. That I am a sinner. And without you, I don't have access to heaven. Today, I want to make a decision to invite you into my life. And maybe you're watching online and you've never made that decision. Or you're here today. I just want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you. If you're here and you've never received Jesus in your heart, I just want you to follow me in this prayer. Okay? Lord Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice that you gave on the cross. You took my sins on that cross being perfect. And today, I believe that you not only died, but resurrected. I receive the gift of eternal life. I receive the gift of access to heaven. And today, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Guide me, Holy Spirit. Teach me how to follow Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.